Welcome in, guys. Farzine Vesugian here with you for another episode of The Chief Zone. Yes, we are in week two. The week one disappointment is now behind us. All of the overreactions, the uh, the uh, the anger, all of that stuff uh, in the rearview mirror. Uh, we are ready to put that all in the past. And the Chiefs are going to try to get on the winning side of the record. Yes, yes, the Chiefs are going to try to get their first win of the season this Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team that they've done pretty well against in recent memory. Obviously played them twice last year. Obviously the most significant moment in the two meetings was the Patrick Mahomes ankle injury. Uh, so we'll talk about the Chiefs and the Jaguars game week two. preview that. Travis Kelty and Chris Jones both back at practice for the Chiefs. So obviously a great day for Kansas City. Uh, and I'll also do my week one roundup. Uh, talk about uh, some of the uh, biggest reactions from week one, especially the games that uh, relate to the Chiefs in some sort of way. And I think those are definitely worth getting into. So we will talk about all of that and more here on this episode of the Chiefs. And I see a lot of you guys are watching live on Facebook and on YouTube. Thank you guys for joining me tonight for this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Appreciate all of you guys making time for the podcast as always. For those of you listening to the archived versions, whether it's on Apple, Spotify, wherever, a big shout out to you guys as well. Much appreciated to everyone who's taking the time to download and listen to this episode of the Chiefs Zone or while listening live as well. Hey, before we move any further, I want to let you guys know this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. You guys can go to SeatGeek.com. Obviously, football season is back and in full swing. Whether you want to go to an NFL game, you want to go to a college football game, you want to go to a concert. We still have some baseball left. You guys want to go to a baseball game, maybe a major league soccer game, go to SeatGeek.com. They've got the best tickets in the market for you. And part of the reason why they're the best is because whenever you go to their website and you want to purchase a ticket, you can get a green, you see a green dot next to the tickets or a red dot. And obviously they got different shades of green and red. Just kind of depends on uh, on the price of the ticket. Uh, the more green it is, the better bang you're getting for your buck. And hey, guess what? If you use my promo code Farzine, you get $20 off. And this is only eligible for first-time SeatGeek customers. So go to SeatGeek.com, and if you're a first-time customer, use my promo code FARZINE, and you will get $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. That's SeatGeek.com. Use the promo code FARZINE for $20 off your first purchase from SeatGeek. Boy, what a week one it was. Uh, obviously, uh, whenever we get week one games, there are obviously going to be a lot of surprises. Uh, obviously, the Chiefs were certainly a surprise to a lot of people, even without Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. We've obviously gone over those before. Uh, but in terms of uh, some of the other big stories from week one, uh, the biggest one has to be the Aaron Rodgers injury and what happened there. And I know there's so much coming out today about you know, uh, artificial turf and natural grass and all that kind of thing. And I don't know how much of that Achilles injury had to do with that, honestly. Um, but in general, uh, it, it's just a sad situation. Because here's the biggest thing to me. A lot of people 
we're talking about will the Jets live up to the hype? A lot of people thought they would. A lot of people felt like the Jets were overrated. And I think this week one game was going to really set the tone. And a lot of people want to see what the Jets would look like. And, you know, unfortunately, we'll never know. A lot of people are unsure about what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers moving forward. Aaron Rodgers, I saw his Instagram post earlier today, uh, pretty much indicating that this is not the end of him in the NFL. And Robert Sala, uh, he said in his press conference today, he would be surprised if Aaron Rodgers retired. So maybe it's not the last we've seen of Aaron Rodgers, but man, uh, are we going to see uh, the same old Aaron Rodgers uh, coming back from this? I guess, you know, one positive you take away from this uh, in the sense that you're trying to move forward and come back for next year is that this injury happened uh, in uh, mid to early September. So you have a very long time to recover from this moving forward. Um, hey, listen, not that there's ever a good time for an injury. If you suffer an injury in training camp or in the preseason or, or in week one or on the fourth snap of the game, it's just never a good thing. Uh, if you suffer an injury uh, in December or in January, well, not only do you miss out on the playoffs if your team is eligible to make it into the playoffs, but you also... Uh, have to wonder, you know, can you even participate in training camp or play early in the regular season for the upcoming season? So um, there, there's never a good time for these kinds of things to happen. There just isn't. Uh, so hopefully Aaron Rodgers comes back uh, and uh, can be his old self again. I, I, I really hope, you know, the jury's still out on this whole Jets situation because I think I truly do believe and I picked the Jets to win the AFC East this year. Um, not, not very likely it happened now, but you know, I just felt like the issues they had last year when they were leading the AFC East with a 7-4 and four record, uh, man, they just looked so good. And there was a really good chance they could have stayed on top if they had good quarterback play. Uh, and they're going back to that same quarterback, Zach Wilson. Um, so uh, we'll see uh, what happens with uh, Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully he's got a chance to uh, prove that the Jets were right in bringing him, bringing him in. Because, um, man, it, it kind of reminds me, you know, Joe Montana going from the 49ers to the Chiefs. Uh, Brett Favre going from Green Bay to the Jets and eventually to Minnesota uh, and, and how well he did. I know he didn't win a championship. Peyton Manning going from Indianapolis to Denver. Tom Brady going from Tampa Bay to, or excuse me, uh, uh, New England to Tampa Bay. Um, and a lot of people thought that Rodgers was going to follow that kind of path right there as those other quarterbacks did. Uh, but for now, we, we, we won't know. Uh, we, we're going to have to wait at least a year to see if uh, that'll uh, live up to the hype. You know, it's really crazy. This Aaron Rodgers injury, man, I mean, it, it just reminded me we have yet to see Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Uh, they've been scheduled to play three times. However, there could have been five possibilities of these two guys going head to head in a game. So let me just refresh everyone's memories here. 2019 in week eight, uh, or rather the week before Patrick Mahomes did not play in week eight because the week before, uh, he suffered a knee injury, so he could not play on Sunday night football against the Packers. A couple of months later, the chiefs made it to the super bowl. However, the Packers could not get past the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. A year later, the Chiefs reached the Super Bowl again, but the Packers lose to the Bucs in the NFC Championship game in 2021. Four days before kickoff, word gets out that Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID and unfortunately was unable to play against the Chiefs. 
that season. And 2023, Rodgers tore his Achilles on the fourth snap of the game for the Jets often. So obviously, these two will not meet again. And the crazy part is, they were supposed to play in week four so early into the season. I guess, you know, uh, the the schedule makers thought, hey, let's make sure this happens. So we'll schedule these two teams early. But for whatever reason, the football gods do not want this matchup to happen. I don't know why, but they just don't want it to happen. They just don't. Then here's a crazy thing. Um, when the Chiefs were without... Mahomes, Matt Moore came pretty damn close to leading the Chiefs to victory in this one. It was a really weird game. If you guys recall, the Chiefs were down 14-0, and then they went on a 17-0 run to end the first half and um, came very close to beating the Packers in this one. And then when Jordan Love played in Aaron Rodgers' spot in 2021, that was a very close game. Uh, Jordan Love and the Packers came very close to pulling off a major upset in that one. Um, it's wild. <laughs> it's just wild how this stuff works out sometimes. So who knows? Maybe Zach Wilson uh, can uh, help keep it close against the uh, against the Chiefs this year. We'll have to see in a, in a couple of weeks. But the Jets still won. Uh, a huge thanks to Josh Allen. Listen, Josh Allen is not elite. He's just not. This guy committed... Four turnovers in this game. This is the same guy who committed 19 last year, leading the NFL. The four turnovers he had Monday night was 21% of his turnover total from last year. He's already off to a really terrible start. And look, I don't care about the Madden curse or any of that crap. This guy, you know, listen, I, I've always felt like Sean McDermott was part of the problem. I think Josh Allen might be a bigger part of the problem. I really do. If you are turning the ball over this much, at some point, you're the black. I mean, some of the passes he threw, I mean, Gibson I must have, I mean, he completed more cap passes to Gibson than some of his pass catchers uh, Monday night. But man, at some point, man, I, I think you just got to understand Josh Allen needs to fix the turnovers. He's throwing the ball in places where his receivers are not even close to where the ball is being thrown to. Um, that's how bad it is. Uh, Bengals laid an egg, no offensive help whatsoever, uh, whether it was the offensive line, the receivers, Burrow looked lost in this one. Not a good luck putting up only three points against the Browns. The Raiders beat the Broncos. They are, on, are, they are in sole possession of first place in the AFC West. So for Raiders fans, congratulations. You won the Super Bowl uh, this year, or that is their Super Bowl, I should say. Uh, I love how Raiders fans are already tracking standings in week one. Like, like that's really significant in early September. Uh, bragging about being first place. Uh, but hey, I mean, I suppose Raiders fans have to celebrate something this year. So we'll give them that for uh, for the year. Uh, the Dolphins beat the Chargers in honestly, probably the second best game outside of the Monday night game. Uh, what an incredible game. And Tua going off Tyreek Hill uh, on fire in that game, as he always is against the Chargers. So that was good to see uh, Tua back and uh, being able to do the things that he was doing last year before the injuries. Uh, last one I do want to get into here. Patriots and Eagles. Mac Jones was three of eight. Uh, and by the way, the, the Patriots lost by five in this one. Mac Jones was three of eight in the final two drives with the game on the line. That's a stat I heard. Um, uh, I think it was on ESPN radio. Listen, 
I thought Mac Jones was good his rookie year. I really do. He got off to a really slow start. The entire Patriots team did, but they really picked it up. And before mid-December, the Patriots had the one seed, and they looked like the most complete team in football that year. They crashed into a wall. I think they lost like four of their last six uh, and obviously got blown out in the playoffs against the Bills. And then last year, just not a good year whatsoever for the Patriots uh, when you consider Bill Belichick and his standards. And now this year, you, you know, with the game on the line, and I, I know it's the Eagles, but if you want to be taking that, this is a first-round quarterback that a lot of people were hoping would fall to the Patriots, and that's exactly what happened. Mac Jones was 3 of 8 in two drives with the game on the line. I just don't know at the end of the day, you know, how much do you trust Mac Jones moving forward? Uh, I think this is going to be Bill Belichick's last year. I think he might be forced to retire slash quote unquote get fired. Uh, but obviously you don't want to fire the guy given everything he's done for you. It, it, from the optics standpoint, it would not be the greatest look. That's kind of why the Broncos have not fired John Elway <laughs> because just the way things would look. I mean, the uh, the backlash that uh, Broncos nation would give to their franchise for fi firing a guy who they adore so much and understandably so, but man, you just got to do what's right for your franchise. Um, I do think this is going to be Bill Belichick last year. I think this is also Mac Jones's final year as a Patriot. I don't think they're going to keep him next year. I really don't. He's not, uh, unless he steps up and turns things around soon. I just don't see it happening. I really don't. Uh, one thing I do uh, have to rant about before we move forward and talk about the chiefs is uh, Pro Football Focus. I've got to say this. Um, I've been paying attention. I've been subscribed to Pro Football Focus for a very long time. I want to say since 2014, so almost a decade. And I think that they have done a fantastic job with their grades, their analysis, and more so the premium stats that you don't see elsewhere. Um, they tell you a lot about offensive linemen and the amount of pressures and hits and sacks they allow, which you don't see on ESPN or NFL.com, which I don't understand why. It's 2023, and though two big football websites, ESPN and NFL.com, cannot provide that kind of stat publicly, that's that's really weird to me. Uh, but I digress. Um, Pro Football Fo Focus does a great job with Defensive backs showing you uh, whether or not they were good in coverage, how many catches they allowed, how many yards, receptions they allowed, those kinds of things, um, and, and obviously grading on those. Uh, linebacking coverage grades, uh, which, uh, you know, I know the Chiefs have used that to try to promote Drew Tranquil, their new linebacker that they got this offseason, who was one of the best pass cover linebackers. Uh, but, but I'm looking at pro football focus this weekend. And looking at their, you know, stats that you don't see anywhere else. They're claiming the Chiefs allowed 18 pressures in this uh, in Thursday's loss to the Lions. Uh, Donovan Smith allowed seven, supposedly. Trey Smith and Joe Tooney each allowed four. Um, so those are some of the big ones there. Oh, by the way, I know for a fact no one's going to believe this, but looking at... The uh, dropped catches, or, or the dropped, I should say, drops, I should say. Uh, apparently, the Chiefs only had three drops in this game. Sky Moore did not have a drop in this one, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, Kadarius Tony only had two drops. I wish Kadarius Tony really had only two drops. And Jarek McKinnon had the third drop for the Chiefs. Uh, I'm trying to find the tweet to this. I, I should have had this ready before. Um. 
See, Pro Football Reference says that the Chiefs had five drops. Still, Kadarius Tony, uh, Kadarius Tony had three. Sky Moore has zero, according to PFR. Jarek McKinnon has one. And Rasheed Rice had the other drop. I still don't know if I really believe that. Um, listen, Pro Football Focus used to be a very respected outlet at one point. I know Chris Collinsworth, you know, he has some ownership in that, so he tries to promote that the best he can. I'm trying to find this tweet. Um, uh, Orlando Brown supposedly only allowed one pressure. Do you, listen, I watched that game very closely, paying attention specifically for Orlando Brown. He did not allow just one pressure. He definitely allowed more than a, pre- a pressure in that game. Um, yeah, I can't find this tweet, but somebody sent me a tweet. Uh, there's another media outlet out there that graded the Chiefs as the best pass-protecting offensive line for week one. So I'm not quite sure, ultimately, uh, how this... How, how, how does Pro Football Focus do all their things? If you guys recall last year, Pro Football Focus, in uh, week one of last year, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs blew out the Cardinals, and Mahomes threw for five touchdowns. However, Pro Football Focus graded Mahomes as the seventh-best quarterback. For week one, even though he threw five touchdowns, and I guess the uh, complaints or uh, the, the uh, uh, justification to that was, oh, well, he has Travis Kelsey, he has Andy Reid, uh, he does shovel passes, he does short um, touch, uh, short yardage touchdown passes, and suppose, but Mahomes did a lot of that all year long, and he finished uh, as the number one quarterback by pro football folks' grades. So I'm not exactly sure how to take PFF seriously because to me, man, it's it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I don't know how to really trust them moving forward. Um, I, use pro fo- I use pro football focus today, just kind of preparing for this podcast. Um, but again, even, even then I, I'm still kind of questioning myself, like, is this really reputable? Cause I think, again, they do a great job with their, um, their lineup, their depth, the grades. And again, stats, you really don't find anywhere else. Uh, the three websites I know of that provide, uh, sacks allowed stats or pressures allowed or websites like pro football reference, or even uh, dropped passes, Pro Football Reference, Pro Football Focus, and I know Stats does it too, but they are they're all so different sometimes, and I just don't understand like how can you know one player allow a sack according to one um, uh, mem- media outlet, but another website doesn't have it the same way. Pressures allowed, drop, same thing. Like I, I already mentioned, Pro Football Focus and Pro Football Reference don't have they don't agree when it comes to dropped passes for the Chiefs. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it's weird to me. So, uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out, Dan. I see your comment. I appreciate you. Uh, Lewis says PFF is very biased with the Eagles. Uh, are they really? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll leave it at that. I, I just wanted to rant about that because. It just doesn't make any sense to me. It really makes no sense to me at all. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, then pretty good day to be a Chiefs fan. Chris Jones is back. Travis Kelsey is back. Speaking of Travis Kelsey, a word word on the street is he and uh, good old T Swift 
have gone, uh, have hung out. I don't know if, if that means they've gone out on a date or if she's come to Kansas City or if Travis Kelsey went to visit her. But they have connected, uh, so to say. How, how far have they connected? No one really knows. But apparently there has been some sort of activity. So uh, congratulations, Travis Kelsey. Hey, listen, kids. Uh uh, I mean, you'll never know unless you uh, you don't shoot your shot. If you don't shoot your shot, you'll never know. So uh, Travis Kelsey shot his shot, and uh, he got the girl for now. Yes. <laughs> uh, you just never know, man. Uh, you got to ask sometimes. But anyway, both Kelsey and Jones were at practice. Um, Channel 41 had a really cool clip that they posted online of uh, Kelsey and Jones hugging just embracing each other. A few other players approached Jones, gave him a hug. Uh, listen, I think there was a lot of questions, even from me. You know, how will the team react to Chris Jones, his absence, his old out, the way he's behaved on social media? They sure as hell are happy to see him come back, uh, right? So uh, I, I think, you know, all is forgiven. Listen, I know there are a lot of Chiefs fans still disgruntled with um, with Travis or uh, Chris Jones, rather. Listen, all it takes is a two sack game and everyone's going to be behind Chris Jones. All right. So, you know, we've seen this before where, you know, people are unhappy with certain players and all it takes is a really good game, even a really good season. And everyone's back into the fold. Now I still stand by everything I said about the future. I, I, I think, you know, if you want to keep Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, man, it, unless all four do what Kelsey and Mahomes have been doing, which is taking a, a discount to stay, I don't know if that happens. I really don't. Um, even Chris Jones doesn't want to be the highest paid player at his position, but still, you know, what he's asking for is a lot, and it's going to put the Chiefs in a really tough spot with the salary cap. So, uh, listen, I hate the salary cap, but it is um, it is a real thing. Uh, but Chris Jones, he did talk today, talked about his intentions, wanting to stay a Chief for life, but did also admit he's not he's not certain about how things are going to pan out the, the rest of the way. We, we just don't know. Um, but he's here in Kansas City for now. Listen, I'll say I'll say this. I said this Monday when I did a, a pop-up live stream. If you do not retain Chris Jones, but you end up repeating as Super Bowl champions this year, that's fine. You know, and listen, I know the Chiefs are able to franchise tag him. He's obviously got a lot of incentives. So, uh, you know, uh, let me uh, pull those up real quickly. I, I should have had that uh, ready, but I didn't. Um, Chris Jones does have a lot of incentives. Uh, try and in terms of uh, pretty much he can make up all the money he lost through fines and last week's uh, game check. Uh, but in terms of how Chris Jones can make up for it, if he plays 25% of the snaps this year, he gets a million dollars, he gets another million dollars if he plays at least 50% of the snaps. So that's pretty easy. I mean, that is easy two million dollars easy in the bank for Chris Jones as far as his performance goes he gets 1.25 million if he gets 10 sacks he gets another five hundred thousand dollars tacked on to that if he gets 15 sacks uh his season best for sacks was 15 and a half both last season and in 2018 um so uh, uh the odds are in Chris Jones favor he's got 16 games to uh to get that as far as team and personal awards, Chris Jones gets a million dollars if he makes first team all pro and the Chiefs make a Super Bowl appearance. Uh, he gets a million dollars if those two things happen. He uh, gets two million dollars if 
He wins Defensive Player of the Year and the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. So this is in total uh, his entire contract. If he can hit all those incentives, a maximum value of $25.16 million for Chris Jones. So essentially, he'll get what he's asking for if he can do all those things. And obviously, he'll make up for all the fines and the um, the missed uh, paycheck from last week's game. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not really sure what happens moving forward. But for now... He's got a reason to be excited, and I'll get into that in a moment as Chris Jones is expected to play this Sunday. Boy, uh, I mean, if there was ever a good time to try to get those incentives, it'll be this Sunday and uh, or, or get off to a good start trying to achieve those incentives, I should say. Uh, and I'll explain why in just a moment. Before we move forward further, I want to give a shout out to another sponsor of ours, Manscaped. Guys, Manscaped's got a lot of great products out there. They've got the Weed Whacker. You, know, you got to trim all the, the nose hair. The Beard Hedger, pretty straightforward with that one. My personal favorite, Below the Belt Lawnmower 4.0. And the reason it is such a popular product is their skin-safe technology prevents below the belt accidental cuts. We've had that happen before, gentlemen. That has happened before to all of us. The Lawnmower 4.0 helps prevent that. And they've got so many other great products at Manscaped. You can go to manscaped.com right now, pick what you want, but before you check out, you can use my promo code FARZINE20 for 20% off and free shipping. So not only do you get the 20% off, you get free shipping. How cool is that? And you get some great products from Manscaped. So go to manscaped.com, check out their website, see what interests you the most, see what you really need. And before you check out, use my promo code FARZINE20 for 20% off and free shipping. Again, that's FARZINE20 at manscaped.com. All right, let's take a look at the injury report for the Chiefs and the Jaguars that came out earlier today. Again, this is just Wednesday, so obviously things will change as the week goes on. Uh, for the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards-Alert did not practice. It's not an injury, folks. Relax. It's an illness. He's sick. So he'll probably return either tomorrow or Wednesday. Um... Yeah, I, I, okay, I've got the right. I said today's Wednesday. Hold on one second here. Okay, uh, I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the uh, the injury report. I had a okay, so they made a mistake on their injury report. They have Monday participation. Uh, they forgot to change it from last week. So last week, because the Chiefs had a Thursday game, the injury reports only came out on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I, I was confused. I knew today was Wednesday, and I'm looking at the injury report. Um, they have they they have the participation for Monday. They meant today, so I apologize that 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 just threw me off. And then I saw Chris Jones's name. I'm like, wait a minute, this is not last week's because Chris Jones is on here. Anyway, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, it says Monday, but they meant Wednesday. Uh, he did not practice due to an illness. Chris Jones was limited in practice for non-injury related reasons. Um, Got to ease him back into the fold. Uh, Travis Kelsey also limited, but he did practice, which is a good sign. Uh, he has a knee injury. So does Legereus Sneed. He was limited in practice for the Chiefs. Uh, Richie James, Nick Jones, Kadarius Sony, and Tershawn Wharton all have uh, either a knee or a hand injury. For Nick Jones, it's a hand injury. 
but they were all full participants in practice today, Wednesday. Uh, let me just say this about Travis Kelsey because it seemed pretty close that he would play last Thursday. I know his brother said something on a radio show uh, that got a lot of attention. Um, Clark Hunt seemed to provide a lot of optimism that Travis Kelsey would play on Thursday. Um, so if he was that close to playing and there's 10 days between the week one and week two game, uh, I, I think there's a very good chance Travis Kelsey plays. Keep in mind, Travis Kelsey last Wednesday did not practice um, and therefore uh, did not play on Thursday. He did practice today for the first time since the injury. So that is, I, I think that's the most encouraging news moving forward. It would not shock me if Travis is limited uh, all three days for uh, today, tomorrow, and Friday. Uh, we'll have to see um, for sure, but I, it would not surprise me if he's limited, but would still play at the end of the day. As long as he's practicing, I think that's the most encouraging sign moving forward. Um, as far as Chris Jones, uh, listen, today's a pretty good day for the Chiefs, especially Chris Jones. Uh, obviously, you never want anyone to be hurt. We saw that with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. But looking at the Jaguars, boy, um, this is probably a great week for Chris Jones because the Jaguars have two starting interior offensive linemen. Let me repeat that. They have two offensive linemen who are starters for their interior offensive line who are not only injured, uh, both with ankle injuries, neither one of them practiced on Wednesday. That is, uh, let me just uh, get their uh, positions right. Uh, but you have, you have Luke Fortner, who's the center, and uh, Brandon Sheriff, who is the right guard. Uh, both of them did not practice. Uh, so if you're Chris Jones, man, that is um, that's a, that, that, that's that's good news because and boy, I said this before um, a moment ago. What a great time to try to uh, try to build up and get closer to uh, achieving those incentives by having a two to three sack game with possibly two starting interior offensive linemen out. Uh, in general, they don't have the best interior offensive line. Would not shock me if that is uh, an area where they target for improvement this in the offseason, but still long ways away. But man, uh, now you're you might be playing with backup interior offensive linemen. And this would be a great week for Chris Jones to feast and get to Trevor Lawrence on Sunday. Now, Trevor Lawrence is a mobile quarterback, so he's got a chance to move around. But man, he's got a really good chance to uh, apply some pressure on Trevor Lawrence, and I think if you're the Chiefs defensive ends like Carl Loftus and Mike Dana, uh, FAU, um, this is a very important game for, for those guys to protect the edges and not allow Trevor Lawrence to take advantage of the uh, offensive tackles he has in Little and Harrison and try to uh, escape the pocket and, and go uh, outside the tackles. Uh, Got to try to contain him and not let him go off, and if you can do that, there's a really good chance the Chiefs can get Trevor Lawrence to the ground uh, a few times in this game. So that would be key for the Chiefs to try to do that in uh, Sunday's game. And I think that would be key number one in trying to win that game. Obviously, we mentioned Jones coming back. The Chiefs offense here, Kelsey coming back, I think is going to uh, make a big difference here. I mentioned the fact that he did not practice uh, the day before last Thursday's game. He is practicing now, and I think that's an encouraging sign moving forward. By the way, before I forget, uh, I did watch the Kelsey documentary on Amazon Prime Video. Man, I, I loved it. It's an awesome uh, documentary. It, it obviously circles around Jason Kelsey, but Travis Kelsey is featured a lot in that documentary. Check it out, man. It is really good. I'll say this. It's a better story 
told than quarterback. It really is. And don't get me wrong. I enjoyed quarterback, but you know, I, I just felt like you saw more in this one than you did in quarterback. Uh, and the other thing with quarterback, which is crazy because that was actually an eight episode TV series. The, it just felt like it was very rushed and the order they went in sometimes with the games switching for, they showed the first five games for Mahomes in the first episode. And then for the second episode, they kind of backtracked and went back and showed Mariota's week two game. I, I just did not get that. Um, and hopefully they improve on that for season two, but this Kelsey documentary I thought was just a better story told a great story in general about family. You see more family in this one than you do on quarterback. You get uh, not just the, um, the wife, the wife and the kids, but you also get, you know, the brother who's also in the NFL, which kind of helps the story. Uh, you also get uh, the parents involved. I don't think we ever saw the parents except for Mahomes' parents when they um, were talking to him about his ankle in quarterback. So great documentary. Check it out if you haven't done so already. Kelsey on Prime Video. Uh, so the Chiefs and Jags play on Sunday. Ian Eagle and Charles Davis on the call. Adrian Hill, the referee. Something crazy I, I forgot about. I know this was brought up when the schedule came out, um, but I just realized this for the first time now. Um, the Chiefs, this is their only regular noon kickoff game. Notice I said their only regular noon kickoff game. They do have another noon game this year. That is going to be against the Raiders on, uh, uh, oh, oh, there it is on Christmas day. Um, I, I was looking at the first Raiders game. It said, uh, November 26th, but then I found the correct one. Uh, yeah. And I think that Christmas day is a Monday. Yeah, it is. So um, even though it's a noon game, it's not a regular noon game because uh, no one else is playing on noon. This is the only noon game this year where other teams are also playing. So a lot of the Chiefs games this year are going to be 325 or primetime games, uh, which is pretty cool. I mean, you get really Listen, I, I remember uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago, we were complaining about the lack of primetime games for the Chiefs. They would only get one, sometimes none. Now with Thursday night football, um, every team has at least one primetime game. So uh, it's pretty cool to see the Chiefs uh, get in on all of the primetime action uh, this year. So uh, I'm excited to see uh, all of that this year. I hate noon kickoff games because I love watching all of the other uh, slate of games. And when the Chiefs are on, I try to focus more on that. But um, obviously, I, I'll have plenty of opportunities to uh, do it the other way around. Now, that's not to say other games can't be flexed, but you get the idea. Uh, anyway, I digress. Uh, uh, going uh, forward with the Chiefs offense, I mentioned Travis Kelsey coming back. Uh, what about Kadarius Tony? What kind of a game will he have? trying to answer and rebound from Thursday night's disappointment. Uh, according to PFF, he only had two drops. Uh, PFR says three. A lot of people thought it was more than that, four or five at least. Um, KT uh, had his press conference today, and he owned up to a lot of his mistakes in that press conference, um, saying that, look, these guys are supposed to rely on me. Um, if you guys recall in the offseason, word got out that you know the Chiefs are – trying to groom Kadarius Tony as their number one receiver. And as the number one guy, he did not step up when needed um, in that game uh, with the uh, deflection turned into a pick six, the uh, dropped pass very late in the game that would have put the chiefs in field goal range could have had a third straight game where Harrison Butker wins you the game. Um, but unfortunately those things did not happen. So how does he bounce back in this one? See, here's my thing. 
I remember Dwayne Bowe when he had that massive disappointment in 2010 where he dropped a pass in the end zone against the Colts in a very low-scoring game back when Peyton Manning was there. Man, he responded really well. He caught two touchdown passes the following week against the Texans. Unfortunately, the Chiefs lost, but it was more on the defense than the offense. Uh, but moving forward, man, Dwayne Bowe had a lot of multi-touchdown catch games that year. After He had one touchdown in the first four weeks. After that, he had 14, and he led the NFL in touchdown catches that year. Um, that was that ended up becoming a franchise record for the Chiefs in a single season. Tyreek Hill eventually tied that. Um, but man, it, it, it was just good to see, uh, Kadarius Tony step up uh, or excuse me, Dwayne Bowe step up the way he did. So I'm wondering if, um, Kadarius Tony can follow that kind of path moving forward and, uh, do some things, uh, kind of like what Dwayne Bowe did bouncing back. Uh, obviously they're not the same in terms of skill set, but you get the idea. Uh, so I think the chiefs offense look, man. And by the way, the whole Juwan Taylor thing is weird. Uh, he did this last year in Jacksonville, and apparently Doug Peterson is thinking that the referees aren't going to be notified about this. But he did the same thing last year in Jacksonville playing for you. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't get it. Well, I, I like Doug, Doug, Doug Peterson. I really do. I just thought that was kind of a weird, uh, unaware comment he made there. Um, I do I do like him, though. He's turned that Jaguars team around. A lot of people thought Urban Meyer was going to turn that team around. That was an utter disaster uh, he couldn't even finish the season because of all of the off-the-field drama there. Doug Peterson comes in, got off to a very slow start, but man, they turned things around and obviously stole the AFC North, or excuse me, AFC South from the Titans in that final uh, Week 18 game, uh, that Saturday game, playing right after the Chiefs did, uh, right after they did the uh, the merry-go-round, the snow globe play against the Raiders. Uh, but the Jaguars came away with the win in that one, and they saw the Chiefs in a postseason rematch. Uh, Trevor Lawrence last week against the Colts looked pretty damn good. Uh, 24 of 32, 241 yards, a pair of touchdowns, and a pick was sacked a couple of times in this one. Uh, Travis Etienne, still their main guy uh, on the ground, 77 yards, had a touchdown in that game. Uh, got involved in the passing game as well. Five catches for 27 yards. They also have Tank Bigsby, the running back who they drafted in the third round from Auburn. He had a, a touchdown in his NFL debut. Not really the most impressive running stats. Uh, had seven catches for 13 yards and a touchdown. So uh, the touchdown was obviously nice, though. Uh, and I think he had that uh, late in the game, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was in the fourth quarter. The Jaguars scored two touchdowns in almost a minute. Um, one was to go ahead, and the other one was to extend the lead. Um, with 5.14 to go, they scored a touchdown, and then on a short three-play drive in 52 seconds, Travis Etienne got the second touchdown. So obviously they used the ground game to try to come back and wrap things up to win that game. Uh, you look at Brandon McManus, uh, one of the better kickers in the NFL. Uh, had uh, had one for the one field goal for the Jaguars last week. Uh, Zay Jones, one of their good pass catchers. Calvin Ridley, uh, another one of their good players as well. So they've got a, a pretty good offense uh, to account for. And by the way, that doesn't even um, I haven't even mentioned Christian Kirk yet, who was a thousand yard receiver last year. Uh, you look at Trevor Lawrence and the stuff he accomplished last year in terms of yardage and touchdowns was barely inside the top 10. And again, keep in mind, the Jaguars got off to a very slow start. So the things that Trevor Lawrence did, I think now is probably the most serious you can take him because he is 
a more complete quarterback coming into this year. Um, all the issues, the learning curves he's gone through, that is now in the past. And now I think there are a lot of expectations from Trevor Lawrence. The standard is very high in Jacksonville because a lot of people feel like not only are, are the Jaguars set to repeat as division winners, they should be able to compete in the conference. So this is definitely going to be a test for the Chiefs on Sunday as they go on the road to play the Jaguars. Looking at the Jaguars defense, uh, one of their best players, their safety, uh, Andre Sisco, a lot of people remember him as the guy who knocked out Juju Smith-Schuster in last year's meeting, the first meeting between the two teams. Uh, so uh, that is definitely uh, something a lot of players are probably wanting to keep an eye on and uh, make sure of. Josh Allen, not the quarterback, but the uh, edge defender for the Jaguars, uh, the left defensive end, uh, pretty good. Tyson Campbell, one of their best uh, one of their best defensive players, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, was drafted in the second round in 2021 from Georgia. Obviously, Georgia producing a lot of great defensive talent uh, in the NFL. No surprises whatsoever there. Uh, you look at some of the other cornerbacks they've got. They got Trey Herndon. Uh, also got uh, Williams, Darius Williams, uh, who was undrafted in 2018. Uh, he's been uh, pretty good for the uh, for the Jaguars so far. So. I, I think, you know, ultimately, here's I, the Jaguars in general don't have a lot that worry me other than Josh Allen and uh, and Tyson Campbell. But I'll say this about the Chiefs offense, uh, because I, I was I was paying attention to a lot of the reactions Friday morning on social media and with uh, the media out there. A lot of people talk, complaining about the Chiefs drops. No one's disagreeing there. But then, you know, I, I've heard some people like Stephen A., Take it for what it's worth. Talking about how no one was getting open for the Chiefs. Well, if no one was getting open for the Chiefs, then how come they dealt with so many drops in the game? I I don't think those two things can be true. Do I think there were times Mahomes had to run around and extend plays to try to find someone open? Yes, but you know, with all of these big drops that were talked about, obviously players got open. That was not an issue whatsoever. And I think Travis Kelsey coming back is only going to help because now defenses have to account for Travis Kelsey, double team him, which spoiler alert, it's not going to work still. And then that help really helps out guys like Kadarius Tony again, getting wide open. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantling only had a couple of catches, but I think in those two catches really helped pull through for the chiefs and trying to move the offense forward um, when needed. So uh, hopefully they use MVS more. Hopefully Canaries Tony can catch more passes and Travis Kelsey, I think will be a bigger part of the chiefs offense. And I think that'll also help guys like Isaiah Pacheco, who did not have the best game last week. Jarek McKinnon again, did not have the best game, had a drop in that one as well. Um, and I think the way they tried to use Jarek McKinnon didn't work because of Travis Kelsey's absence. So I think that plays a factor as well when uh, when you consider how the Chiefs offense want, is going to be moving forward. Uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, gave a quote today in his press conference. Um, and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he basically, basically talked about how, you know, he was not happy and the rest of the offense was not happy because they know they're way better than this. And he's right. They absolutely are. You know what that tells me? That tells me the Chiefs offense is pissed off. The, the, the Chiefs, you remember in the quarterback, the first episode when he got face to face with uh, Max Crosby of the Raiders, you woke up the wrong motherfucker. And it said that five times to his face. Um, I think the Chiefs woke up. I, I think the Lions, you know, too little too late, but the Lions did wake up the Chiefs and hey, you can't really look back at the past anymore. You can't really dwell on any of that, but moving forward, you can at least hope that the Chiefs, they'll figure it out. And listen, 
I think Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, these are two good offensive-minded coaches. Um, I, I would be shocked if they don't show improvement in this one, especially with Kelsey coming back. I think that's going to be a big one right there. So I'm expecting a lot from the Chiefs in this one. I'd be very curious, you know, how much Justin Ross gets involved. He only had one catch last week. Um, didn't have a lot of snaps last week for the Chiefs. Let me see if I can quickly just look up how many snaps he had. I'm very curious to look that up. At this point, I kind of trust Pro Football Reference more than I trust uh, more than I trust Pro Football Focus. Uh, yeah, he had he was targeted once, had one catch for six yards. By the way, I will say this. Uh, when the PA announcer did um, did say his name uh, after that catch, there were a lot of people that cheered. I don't know if that came off well on TV for those who were uh, watching from home, but a lot of people were very excited about the fact that Justin Ross uh, had that um, had that catch there. So he played six snaps on offense. He had nine special team snaps. So, yeah, six offensive snaps. Uh, obviously, a lot of people would like to see more of that. Do they, how much more do they give him in this one? I know they're trying to ease him into things. I get that. That's that's the way Andy Reid likes to approach things. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's just so much hype that I think a lot of people don't have a lot of patience. They really just want to see, you know, can he live up to that hype? All of that talk for almost two, a year and a half, really. Going undrafted, uh, recovering with the injuries, and now coming in and a lot of people hoping that, you know, he can maybe... Uh, help be that guy that a lot of people wanted DeAndre Hopkins to be, uh, even though the Chiefs didn't sign him. Uh, maybe he can make that uh, missing out on Hopkins be a long-distant memory. So we'll see. Uh, in general, though, I expect a lot from the Chiefs. I think the offensive line will improve, uh, and I think there's a lot to uh, to uh, account for. I think this is going to be a good test for the Chiefs' offense. Uh, I think defensively, look, I'm expecting another good game from the defense. They only allowed 14 points. I think this offense, the Jaguars offense, is a little better. So we'll see how they fare out. But I think in general, I think the Chiefs are going to show up and have a better game. A much better game. I'm going to go 31-27 in this one. You get a field goal for Butker. You go out there, you score four touchdowns. You make a statement. You let people know. Thursday night is not who this offense was. Obviously, without Travis Kelsey, that played a role. But I still think, in general, that was a winnable game without Kelsey with all those drops there. But, hey, he's coming back uh, more likely than not. So I think that is definitely going to bode well, and that's going to favor the Chiefs in this one. So I'm picking the Chiefs to win this one 31-27. That is my score for Sunday against the Jaguars. All right, I am out of here, guys. Appreciate you guys taking the time to download and listen or watch live on Facebook and YouTube. Much appreciated. Much love to all of you guys tuning in. Always helps out. Hey, uh, all the social media has been insane in the last week. So thank you guys so much for tuning in, commenting, liking, whatever, sharing. Uh, that always helps out. So uh, always helps out. Big shout out to our sponsors as well. Go support those guys. SeatGeek, use the promo code Farzine for $20 off and go to Manscaped and use the promo code Farzine20 for 20% off and free shipping. If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the podcast. We're everywhere, so hit that subscribe button. If you haven't tuned in for one of the live shows, we're on Facebook and on YouTube, so never too late. Uh, just make sure you're following or you're subscribed. Just hit have the notifications turned on, and you'll be notified whenever we go live. So tune in for that. Obviously, we'll have our Red Friday live chat, so join me for Red Friday's uh, live chat this week. 
we will talk to you guys i'll read all of your guys' comments questions whatever you guys have whatever uh you want to talk about we'll discuss that and then sunday before the game we'll do a live stream halftime we'll do a live stream and post game we'll have our first post game uh live stream you guys can call in so very excited for that looking forward to uh doing that with you guys this week all right i'm out of here guys appreciate you guys once again joining me for this wednesday night i'm farzi vasugian this is the chief zone podcast talk to you all later take care <laughs>